0: Welcome to the Minx and Muse podcast. I'm your host, Crimson Minx, creatrix of Minx and Muse, a dark feminine playhouse where we awaken our innate magic through esoerotic dance and witchcraft. Welcome to the portal of enchantment. Welcome, Laurel, aka Ooh La La. Hello. She-
1: podcast how are you i'm so excited to be here
0: oh my goodness we're so excited to have you this is laurel's first podcast we're popping share hey (laughs) But I was so excited to have you on because we are in the month of September 2023 here at the studio and our archetype Mm -hmm. of the month is the sacred devotee. Mm -hmm. And we've had such wonderful conversations in the past around what it means to be devoted. Specifically, we talk about one's art and one's dance Mm -hmm. um, and one's creative expression. And I truly feel like you really embody the sacred devotee when it comes to your creative expression. And I forgot to even mention Laurel is an instructor at the studio. Yes. Ooh, la la is her stage name. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself in those areas first?
1: Well, I've always been an artist, singer, dancer, theater kid, and I majored in ceramics in college. But prior to that, I did the classical dance, you know, upbringing, tap, jazz, ballet, lyrical, what they call modern now and such. And, and then I focused on more creative arts when I went off to college. Um, I really like making things with my hands. And, and then I just sort of rediscovered my dance journey through Mix and Muse in 2018. And, and here we are now just sort of combining all my my loves into one
0: yes you are you know not to blow rainbows up your ass but you are a beautiful embodied dancer and mover and i know that you hold beautiful space within class as well which is hard to find you know people who are able to do both um and i I know
1: i love to teach and share so yeah
0: you're wonderful at it um and you are a natural on stage. As you mentioned, you were a theater kid. Mm. So tell us about Ooh La La.
1: Ooh La La, gosh. I just realized, cause I started coming back to the studio and it was just so great to just move my body again. And also just be in an environment that was just so open and aware and just embodiment and just, Inviting to everyone, and I just had really missed that in my life that kind of creative space. And I didn't really realize how much I missed it until I walked in the studio and took that first class. And then, oh my god, I'm gonna cry. Okay, hold on,
0: <laughs> I love it. Also, <laughs> Laurel's a cancer, I'm a, I'm a cancer,
1: <laughs> I have tissues ready. Uh, <laughs> but then, something that like reawakened in me, even in that first class, was like the witnessing. And I was like, oh. I missed this sort of aspect of my life, and how can I bring that back? And I didn't think, you know, because I grew up, hold on, we're gonna, oh, like a little sudden bell. the eyes. Drop the eyes. <laughs> I kind of, since I grew up in that, like, very traditional, rigid kind of ballet structure, you know, I basically thought, oh, past 25, my career's over, right? That's it, there's nothing left for me, right? You can't do points well anymore. I right. know, there's no reason. And so it was so exciting to realize, oh, wait, I, I'm still fully capable and in the prime of my life and can do these things that I always wanted to do. And the community is so great and supportive. And, and here I am just sort of found my way to Ooh My first show was Velvet Knox, which I met, you know, Harley and Irene through the studio. And, um, and then the first showcase a month later, right after that, I was in Tara's group and that just sort of started my journey. I mean, COVID was in there. We won't talk about that. But, you know,
0: <laughs> the olden times, and the yeah, time that right, should yeah. not be
1: mentioned. Yes, Yeah.
0: I love that. Yeah. So, I love that essentially you grew up dancing with a one understanding of what dance expression and movement was. Mm-hmm. And of course, when we learned dance growing up, it's very rigid and it's very uh one two three one two three yes matchy 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 and it's yes i love that it's you know that movement was in your body but when you return to it as an adult you found a different expression that felt a lot more um embodied and creatively to express Mm. so much so that you decided to um pursue it from even outside of the studio in a burlesque sense right so doing burlesque shows with the name ooh la la all of your you i don't want to get ahead of myself but you get very creative with your on-stage performance as well you truly are a multi-dimensional artist but um one thing that i've talked with you before to say that i really respect in you is that you do burlesque dance and you do Mm -hmm. partake in a lot of shows but you are still sacredly devoted to your craft Mm. and to your art and even though you're a teacher and you're a performer you are still a student Mm. and you still show up to classes and you still take the time to honor your movement from a student perspective which in complete transparency and I don't see that a lot in the burlesque community. I see a lot of people, it even happens when we start teaching, right? Just because time Mm -hmm. Time is is valuable. Yeah. So the fact that you, knowing that you love burlesque and being on stage and dancing so much, still cultivate the actual Mm. dance aspect. Aspect of it yeah. to fill, you know, fill your soul, fill but yeah, to fill your cup. I yeah. think it's a rarity these days, and so I always compliment you on that. And that's why it. I feel like, yeah, when I see you on stage, you're a beautiful mover, you're enchanting, you're captivating, and it's because oh, go on, go on, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I always say this, I believe this of Tara as
1: well. We talked to you know, yes. talk to Tara about She's this, he's a big inspiration like, of mine, yes,
0: yes, and I believe. Is gonna bring her up because I know that you have kind of uh, looked up to her and have been in shows with her and have taken classes with her mm-hmm. and this I this I see a difference on stage through people who are still cultivating their own embodied movement practice and not just devoting themselves to putting together pieces to be to be performed
1: yeah I was and really. there's oh, a difference there is and I was really thinking about this kind of before this started what what I think that's something I really learned in art school because they really hone in in art school that as an artist at the beginning of your career you have no symbolism yet built in you have none of your personal motifs built in you don't even know what you're trying to really express you're just sort of learning technique and it takes time to become like a da vinci right or whatever you know i'm not aspiring to that but you know like it takes (laughs) time to become a master of your craft and the act of making the thing is the point of the art right it's not ah! (laughs) it's not even we're gonna gather ourselves. Here. You can cry. It's, it's not devotion. Even, it is devotion. It is because it's uh a lot of times a lot of artists out there, their stuff is never even seen, but they have this drive to make something. And that's inherently kind of what I really thrive and what gives me like the passion to come to class because I hear new music or like I took strip striptease with Maria and she did this cool thing and it was like, oh, I wouldn't have thought to do that, right? And, you know, it just kind of gets me, my juices going, my juices going because I like the practice of the ritual, the practice and it even like it translated to, okay, now I'm in the ceramic studio and now I'm, I've got my clay and I'm going to make stuff or, oh my God, I don't want to cry this whole, <laughs> this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or like, I just love like, the sweat, the sweat, the late night practices, the like research, the development, the sketching, the costume, the making the costume, the remaking the costume, you know, like that gets me going. And then the performance is like the culmination that I get to now share with everyone. But there's so much backstory that really is why I do it. And, um, of course, I love the applause. Don't get me wrong. I know that's a part of it, right? Because it does take a certain drive. I fully believe, like, anyone can be a dancer. And if you want to perform, great. But it's not, like, a requirement to be a lover right. of dance or to call yourself a dancer. And that's something that I had to kind of unlearn after leaving, the like, the ballet world. Like, it's not you know, Oh, I'm, I'm the prima or I'm in the chorus or whatever. Like, it's just, you like to dance and it's just, it can be that, you know? So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's different from, I think we can confuse because we live in such a masculinized society. We can confuse hustle Oh yes. for sacred devotion. Mm. What do you think is the difference between those two? Because... I feel like when you say hustle and sacred devotion, I feel
1: two different From my personal, like how I kind of view it is, it's very easy to get caught up in the whirlwind and like, go, I gotta do the next thing and the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. thing. Oh, what's the next show? Oh my God, I'm so inspired. And also, it's so easy just to be inspired to be like, oh, I wanna do that, you know? But then you have to, I personally have to really go, okay, when I choose to do something, I'm going to like fully go out and do it hundred percent, you know, and I'm going to de- devote <laughs> my energies to it. So I kind of have to balance because I also want to make sure I've still got time to teach. I've still got time to take classes, time to see my family, time to see my friends, time for just me. Cause I am inherently in very, very introverted, you know, people, I'm an extroverted introvert or whatever they call it. You know, I like people, I interact with people, but I also very much need like my time for myself and the creative process for me is a very kind of like private, you know, just me up at three in the morning going, oh, what do I do, what do I do, do I do this, do I do that? You know, And then the result is what I share and that takes time and time is valuable, right? And just like you kind of focus a ritual, you have to kind of focus on a project. So I am very choosy about what I do as much as I wanna be in everything all the time. It's so hard, it's so hard, but it's really brought me a lot of balance in my life. And then when I do the things, they feel so much more like fulfilling because it's like, oof, this was a chapter that is done now. And I can always come back to that piece and do that piece again in another setting. But now the creation of that is, is is. Parenthesize, you know, it's done. Okay, now moving on, right? You know, or bookmarked, you know, and so, or bookended. And so, I love that. And then it's like, also now it's like, ooh, now I have a new project, you know? Now I have something new I'm thinking about. Like, and I do try to, I'm not great about, like, knowing when things are happening, but I am trying to practice my ritual of, like, finding out when shows are happening so I can kind of schedule because I'm a scheduler, (laughs) you know, when... (laughs) when things can happen, you know, so.
0: I love it because I think a lot of times people see the final result. They Mm. go to a show and they see the performance. Yeah. And that's kind of such a small part of the full experience from your perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing I think about with sacred devotion. So much of it happens that no one is ever aware of. Mm. And, you know, in a time where we share everything on social media, I think people forget that we have these private moments or we have these these deep, soulful moments when it comes to things that we're sacredly devoting ourselves to that are never no one but ourselves are going to be aware of. It's it's that long process of Mm -hmm. writing and rewriting and Mm -hmm. throwing in the garbage and coming up with something new and the hours of sewing or painting right. you know your pieces and 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 looking at your dance from different perspectives and the everything involved with it right mm-hmm. and i think people get really sex sexually allured to to the to the idea of being a performer and being like oh i'm going to be on stage everyone's going to be cheering for me and i can i take classes and i could probably throw this together and put on a leotard and do this in and you can tell the difference between someone who's devoted themselves to Mm -hmm. peace and someone who is just showing up Mm -hmm. because they want to be on stage which um I don't mean to be triggering anyone or upsetting anyone in this. It's that's not the intention. What instead I'm trying to do is call to light, a different option that I don't think people talk to about, which is like the idea of sacredly devoting yourself to your art. um, And how that can be.
1: You know, it's like, it's a, it becomes a practice. The practice is the devotion, the practice is the ritual. And also I wanted to say like so much of what this is, even with the artistic process happens in here. Mm-hmm. even with sacred devotion. So it might not even be something necessarily that you write down. It's just a mm-hmm. process that, and then in the process of going, okay, well, I recognize this thing. I'm going to react instead this way. Or I see this thing. I'm going to do this thing instead. Or now I want to try this thing instead. Or maybe I'll try this avenue. So much of that is decisions made in your head. Yeah. And then the devotion is then going, okay, well, now I have to put it put it into practice. Like and that is whoo The first step is for me. God, it's the hardest thing, but it's so vital. It's so vital, and um, yeah, I just want to encourage anyone out there that's listening to just try, just do it, just do it. Oh my God, the tears are constant. <laughs> really annoying.
0: No, you're great. Uh, it's the uh, magic of as is within, it is. so is without. Yeah. Right? It is a way of manifesting a a concept yes. or a vision in the 3d mm-hmm. world. And that's not easy. And I don't know if people get enough credit for that Mm-mm. because everyone has ideas. It's easy to have ideas. Oh, I could do this. I would do this, but, and it's also to have an idea and half-ass pull it off. Yeah, you know? I
1: mean, and you know that when you're at the beginning of your journey, that's fine too. And like, that could be your journey the whole time. Right. But for me personally, I like, I like to go deep. I don't have I like to go deep. If I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do something. I don't know if that's the Italian in me, like we're passionate, like (laughs) let's do this. If we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it. Or what. But there is it it takes if you if you want to hone a craft, it takes a practice, right? Like you have to, if you're a musician, you have to play your scales over and over and over and over and over and over until it becomes this inherent thing that's part of your muscle embodied. memory mm-hmm. it's
0: embodied it's the encoded. Same. and this yeah. is across same with everything dance. yeah you gotta dance. do the moves
1: over and Music. over and
0: over yeah yeah we always talk about that at the studio when people will be like oh i got this move now what and then we're like okay well you're gonna you should you were not done with that move yeah. you have just scratched the surface of that move yeah. do it again and that now do it slower, do it mm-hmm. with different intention, come out of it differently, go into it differently, mm-hmm. do it in reverse. Now do it with a different emotional expression. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that is, that is the devotion versus the hustle culture to me As yes. like, check it yes. off, check it
1: off, check it off. Yes. 100%. And it's, yeah, that's so overlooked. You're right because you know we're so like. Also, I think it's just inherent to capitalism not to go. You know, yeah, but like I was thinking, I need it. to produce. I need to produce something. I I have to have a product. I need to have a product, and whether yeah. you're selling it or not, it's 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 everywhere. It's in us, right? So, it, letting that kind of go and just going, oh, okay, well, well, now how can I do a dive? I'm always trying to do dives differently, get into dives differently. Mm-hmm. I love dives it's one of the first moves I learned. And it's like, I, yeah, I never get tired of dives. (laughs) It's a floor work move for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, it's a floor work move for anyone. (laughs) And, but there's so many ways you could dive, you could dive on your side, you could dive, I mean, it's just endless. And then again, for me, it's like people are like, well, how have you developed your style? Because well, I I play, I basically I play in class. And, and that's how I figured out, I really like to do this when I crawl, or I really like to do this when I dive, or it feels really good in my body to hair whip this way or whatever. And um, you just have to, Yeah, it's the repetitive devotion that then leads to the ritual embodiment and then it just sort of happens naturally and you don't even realize it and then when you miss class it's like i need to move (laughs) you know or even like say you go for a walk every day right and then you don't do that walk and then it's like oh why do i feel funky oh i haven't looked at trees for a while you know i need to go out and smell the fresh air you know so it could be any kind of ritual that is in your life your coffee in the morning, or whatnot. You know, if it if it goes off kilter, then you notice it. But you gradually set it up, and that's where you kind of have to like trick yourself a little bit, just kind of gradually ease into it, right? Um, in class a while ago, I can't remember what the monthly theme was, but one of the questions I asked for uh, or no, it was when I led church. It was when I led church a long time ago, and uh, <laughs> one of the that's things another we class about, we offer. Yes, on Sundays. <laughs> One of the things we talked that came up was like, you know, how do you develop a practice? And one of the pieces of advice I gave was, you know, I, I read somewhere a long time ago it takes 21 days to create a habit, right? And I was like, but it doesn't necessarily have to be every day. If you do it once a week for seven, or you know, 21 weeks, then you have created a practice, right? Like it doesn't, or once, twice a week for three, you know, three weeks, you've already started the the foundations, and so you know, if you need something to kind of quantify, you know, think about it. It takes three weeks to make a practice, but they can be spread out as long as you're just actively trying to do it and reminding yourself. And that just that little thing. Now I I backslide all the time, you know, like no one's perfect, you know, but it's the act of just sort of trying, just trying and, um, consciousness consciousness and just trying to be present and just say, okay, well, this is all I can do right now. And that's something I always stress in Temple of the Dark Goddess, which I taught last night, you know, that this class is here for you to move. However you want to move, I'm going to give you a guide. But if you just want to sit in child's pose in the corner the whole time, you can't. Like If you want to be just slapping your ass the whole time, (laughs) go for it. You know? So it's really, it's, I think that's what's great about the embodiment at the studio and the movement practice that you like, share and teach because it is like yeah you can really get techniquey about it if you want you really can and you just take a lot of classes and you can really just get into the technique of the dance or it'll sneak up on you then you realize oh wait (laughs) i'm here for actually how the energy makes me feel afterwards within it and beforehand you know so
0: yeah. It's kind of like when you're sacredly devoted to something, I, cause we've been discussing this in the multiverse a bit mm. already, this idea, of the difference between sacred devotion and discipline and worship. And you know how we yeah. like to go real freaking deep in, in everything. So, but I love it. But, yeah. you know, to me, I can be disciplined in a lot of areas of my life. Um but for me, the sacred devotion comes when I f- it's something that feeds my soul. Mm. And that's really, can so, you, and
1: when, yes, where you're like, I it. It's hard to, to it. describe. It just feels like this, like, oh, I got to do it. I got to do it. And <laughs> until I do the thing, that thing is there. Like you have to, yes. you know, you have to do it. Yeah. It's that's a really hard thing to like verbalize what, what, why, what, what makes it slip from just practice to then like devotion, right? It's, it's, uh, it's hard to get to that level of
0: devotion unless you are really,
1: it's hard. And one week you might be there and a month later you might not, you know, so you have to kind of recognize that that also in itself is part of the practice that is part of the devotion is that it's going to go. Oh, yes, there is okay, no linear. Here. You know, right. there's no linear time, really. Linear is a lie. <sighs> because, so yeah, I think when it feels, when it feels like something that's calling you, I feel like then that kind of leaves. the siren. To, yeah, it's like, but it's like the siren not to like destruction, it's the siren right. to like embody it, right? Like, and then it becomes this, This fire, this 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 drive within you to go, I have to express myself. I don't know. It's it's sometimes I tell people when they're like, oh, I want to perform, or if they're nervous before going on stage or something, you know, it's like you are like one percent of the population right now. So many people like think, Oh, I wanna do this, I wanna do this. You're doing it. You're actually about to do it. So recognize that and then that's part of making you feel like your practice was worth it, you know, because if it's, if it becomes this thing that you just feel like you have to do just cause, cause like other people are doing it or like, it's this like result, you feel like you need to like be successful, then it's prove yourself. Yeah, in some feel way. good And it's a nice result, but it might not give you that. Like, it's still going to give you that kind of searching feeling of like, Oh, I, I what's the, you know, whereas when I do it and then I look back at it, it's like, ah, that was great. You know? And then I learn from it. And then the next time I'm inspired and want to do something else, whether it's crochet a blanket or whatever, then it's like, okay, now this is my new project and I'm excited to like light this new fire. And what am I going to learn here? You know? So I think it's just kind of recognizing that it's fun to be inspired and it's good to have projects and goals, but at the same time, the goal is, what is that? The the journey, the journey is the point, not the destination yeah. to be a little cheesy That's, about yeah, it, but
0: it's true. What's the point? Like to just be yeah. like, I want to get at the destination. I don't want to get, there's no fulfillment that comes then you're from You're there that. and it's like, okay, you're no no it. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay, right. really okay. all of the lessons mm-hmm. and all of the growth happens during the journey. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And so you kind of just stay stagnant yeah. and
1: Yeah. And I think bypass that, that, unfortunately, I, you know, as an artist my whole life, right? Like auditions, all the things, art, art critiques, like, you know, you see, you know, comparison is the thief of joy, right? But it's hard and you have to deal with it. And it's like, you see, and I've had to tell myself, well, what are they doing? They're doing the work. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing so you need to do the work and so i'm just trying to always hone what is the work i need to be doing in order to get the result that feels fulfilling to me not necessarily to what you know society the world whatever uh, says is successful but as long as i feel good at what i've put out artistically then 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 that's good you know and if other people like it great but also in art school you know you work a whole semester on something you put it up there And it's torn down in five minutes and you have to go, well, that's all right. I still love it because I made it, you know, and at the same time, it's part of the critique process because you have to give critiques to your peers next, you know? And so it's, it just teaches you to kind of like keep going as hard as it is. And even if you have a 15 year break of never dancing. (laughs) Uh, you can always come back to it, right? Yes. So.
0: <laughs> that is something, you know, they always say everyone should have to work in the service industry oh just my to God, have yes. that, like, understanding. But I yeah. always have thought everyone should have to go through art school um, for the plane because I – I. Um, got a degree in in visual arts and so you know that was yeah. that's very hard to so just hard. spend so much time on something and for it to be literally just being like this is shit mm-hmm. and it was shit but it was because it, was. it felt yes. like <laughs> I was like be starting off anything it's so offensive to me when people yeah. are like try to put it on someone else of why they're not to where, say, someone who's been dancing for ten years is like, right, "Well, right. I've taken five classes. Why does my dance not look like yours?" You know, oh. because you know what? I've already been through that awkward ass beginning process, but mm-hmm. I found my devotion to it because I, d- I did not see it as I was trying to get a means to an end. I saw it as the practice in and of itself was so holy to me, yeah, that I needed it to feel to fill my soul. Yeah. And I found yeah. the perspective. And that's how I finally got, you know, the hot spot where you get to, but as yeah. an artist, when you're starting off art school is brutal.
1: It's so brutal. And I some mean, people can't ugh.
0: take that kind of feedback or they don't have that realization that like things don't come to you right away, especially as a creative output. It's very easy to critique creative. It's another thing to create as a creative.
1: You know, and then there's always there's always, you know, like you were saying the student that just didn't show up for any art classes, makes something and everyone loves it and you're like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I see you. You know, it's yeah. good, but you know, but that's and that's also how you like part of learning. If you're going to like start to engage in this world, that's part of the process, you know, and
0: and enjoy I, it because it, you're not going to be with it if you that, don't. Yeah. That's the whole point of it all. That's bringing it back to the sacred devotion is you do it because you love it.
1: Because I want to, right? Because
0: I want to, not because Mm -hmm. I'm trying to prove something Mm -hmm. to someone else. It's not because I'm trying to reach this end goal. It's not for the gains, you know, the hashtag gains. It's It's literally because me showing up for this practice feeds me. Yes. And yes. I have been really trying to even shift my a shift into that energy for other aspects of my life.
1: Am yes. I doing
0: this, you know, even for work? And we mm-hmm. I had a talk about this with, with um Starbeam and Sid, our front desk and yeah. like manager babes. And we, you know, we talked about how it. do we Yeah, they're awesome. Um, We talked about we had a meeting last week, and it was what does it look like when you show up sacredly devoted versus I have to come and get this Mm -hmm. done and have the door unlocked by this time? You know, because I have been finding that with this mindset, I go into the studio and I'm like, yeah, I have to clean the toilet. But like, There's, when I shift into like, I'm sacredly devoted, it takes on a whole new energy of like, I get to be able to do this. And I am so blessed to be in this space. And I'm so blessed to be able to show up and teach people. And I'm so blessed, you know, from, from teaching to scrubbing the toilets, you know, it's easy to say when you're doing maybe something that people wouldn't define as so mundane that you yeah. can consider it sacred. But if you can scrub that toilet in an a energy of devotion, <laughs> yes, which I do, you know, which I have been doing since we yeah. started this archetype, yep. it really does shift. So even you schedule yourself for a class,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yes, not because I want to gain this thing, or I want to be able to prove something to someone, mm-hmm. even if that's yourself instead of having to, to, to think about it like that, like a task, like a check off the list, can you be sacredly devoted and be like, I'm devoting myself to this embodiment practice that I'm so lucky to be able to, to, that I have a body that I have a body that is, you know, mobile for this, that I have found this side of the sensual side of myself that I get to tap into. What if you look at like that, aren't you going to show up for yourself?
1: Yeah. Yeah, And it's not, yeah. If, you know, you have to like trick your little brain and go, it's not an obligation. It's playtime. Yeah. Even if it is an obligation for you, because it is something that inherently needs to help you right now, right? Like you have to kind of go, but it's so worth going and just stepping into the space. And yeah, I always acknowledge every class. I try to acknowledge, thank you for just showing up. You did the work just by doing that. Whatever you do the rest of class is 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 fun you know it's, it's just it's just winnings right you know so yeah, um, yeah. it's so key to just I don't want to say force yourself because it's a choice. It's, but you shouldn't it, have it, to. It's not, it shouldn't feel forced. But at the same time, there's been times where I've been like, you know, sad and depressed. Right. And I'm like, Ugh. Mm. but I'm like, you gotta go to the studio. You have to go take this class and you'll feel better. And I always do. And so you have to kind of. Acknowledge that there is. It's that a conscious struggle, decision. But make then also the conscious say, decision. I see you, but I'm yes. doing this instead, right? Like, it's a conscious decision. Absolutely, yes. That
0: if I leave, I love the the conscious decision. That if I make an embodied decision, mm-hmm. my mind can then shift, transform. Yes based on the embodied decision that I make for myself. So what if we stop making decisions all the time from our brain and start Mm. making decisions from our body? And our body may say, today I want to show up gentler,
1: Mm. um,
0: but without the mind being like, no, you know, because that's how we can really shift that energetic state or that mindset state is through leading with with our embodiment
1: practices,
0: leading with the body
1: it's taken me personally a long time to even get there. You're making me think back to like, yeah, my first year at Minx and how I felt coming into classes and just everything that was going on in my personal life and my relationships were shifting with my friends because I was kind of reassessing my own boundaries and how I was interacting with the world and how you just brought me like brought me back. Yeah. And i just want to encourage everyone that might be listening to this it takes time it just really takes time and devotion to yourself and to just recognize that you will feel all the feels all the things yeah. will happen and as you start to really become embodied you'll have more and more challenges but that's kind of also the point part,
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, part of sacred sacred devotion and the chaos magic moving.
1: and everything is saying okay i recognize the chaos I am centered in the chaos, right? You know, and
0: some moving days it's through really the frustration. Good, it's
1: not, you know, yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: It's true. It's not. That's the thing. We have this idea of being sacredly devoted is like this beautiful at peace. Uh, yes, oh, no. Yes, the choir singing. No. It's choosing chaos to move through right the now. chaos. <laughs> yes choosing to move through the frustration, choosing to move through the challenges, but Mm -hmm. choosing to do it because it's something that is worthy of moving through and not giving up on yourself or giving up on the practice for. And this is also where I think we find, did I start this for some external form of validation Mm -hmm. or for some internal fulfillment? Because Mm -hmm. I think about certain things that I've, tried to get into because I thought, oh, this would be really cool. Mm -hmm. You know, and that I could not motivate myself to show the fuck up for. And it was probably because I did not have that soul connection. Whereas when something I know, oh my gosh, my dance, my movement, my it's my my creative expression in general is something Mm -hmm. that's very sacred to me. And Mm -hmm. so I always opt to, I have to remind myself, even if it's like, oh well, you know, I'm in a, a shit move or a stank right. mood or something. Right. I know myself now from from having committed to these practices that this is this is the way I shift, and that my commitment to this is actually gonna ex- be expansive in my life in whatever my devotion is at the time.
1: And it might seem like a trickle, like nothing's happening. Yes, for so that is long. real. So long, and then all of a sudden yes. it's like, oh, wait. I've gone around the river bend, and suddenly it's like this glorious expanse. You know, it's like, oh, here we are. You know, and even just like you know, with mental health and all the things that you have shared with us through the studio, that has helped me. You know, it's like, oh, now I can go. I see you. I see what you're doing, and instead, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to steer my canoe this way, right? And then now I know. I can't listen to this or that or whatever or whatever feelings of insecurity or whatnot around my art, you know, because ultimately it's going to lead me to where I will feel incredibly fulfilled. And you know, as a almost forty year old woman now, like it's I I can see now like that that is the point. Those shitty steps, those beautiful steps, those breakthrough moments, those unsow it and resow it all over. It's all. It's all for that, that feeling of like, ah, I created something that has meaning to me and I shared it and people may or may not have liked it. Sometimes, you know, I like to push the edges. So sometimes my art is meant to make people uncomfortable. I'm thinking specifically about my medieval crimes piece. I, I told the, all the wonderful artists that were helping me, give them a shout out, Soft, Venus for Karuna, Sid and Starbeam are two front desks. You know, I was like, if they're not clapping for us, that's good because they should feel uncomfortable. This is actually a moment where I want people to be uncomfortable. You know, and so and if and when I go back and I watch the video, like, the, yeah, they're not really clapping. You're cheering.
0: like Your uh, your jaws dropped.
1: Yeah, because it's like, should we be watching this? And yeah. then when they know they can cheer, it comes in and it's like, Oh, you know. So I think sometimes you just, yeah, have to live in that uncomfortableness in the devotion as well and, and, and recognize even when you're in it crying or whatever, like, okay, even if you could just take 30 seconds to go, this is, this is meant to be happening. This is part of the process. I have to acknowledge it and just keep pushing through. And then there you go. So I could talk yeah, about this for hours because it's,
0: <laughs> I know, I love it because again, it's the process. If yeah. it was just that ultimate one time on stage, hmm. you wouldn't have, it would, it would mean nothing. Yeah. It's like, you know, what has been coming to mind is the the, the karate kid, the wax on wax off where Daniel yes. son did not understand why Mr. Miyagi had him painting that fence all day and i think the average person would be like fuck you Mm -hmm. old man i'm not painting this fence anymore Mm -hmm. i deserve to be yeah, I want to be doing drop yeah. kicks or whatever they do in karate. Uh,
1: <laughs> Roundhouse Miyagi- you know, kicks to the face, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Mister Miyagi, being a master, being a sacred devotee of karate, understood that Daniel's son had to commit himself at that soul level mm. and be willing to like to to shift to that conscious state of devotion rather than entitlement of just things. Things just come to me like this.
1: Yeah yeah, really making, you know, I really fully believe in like making your life, your craft and your craft yeah. in life, you know, like what you do should bring you joy. And then mm-hmm. when it <laughs> such a cancer? <laughs> and when it brings you Definitely joy... the most tears we've oh had on the podcast. It's so embarrassing. I don't no, know if like, I'll not. be able to watch this, but, uh, no, no I will. Um, but then that, you find that thing that brings you joy, like whatever it is, maybe it's playing a sport, maybe it's walking dogs, maybe. And then if you try to bring whatever that practice that brings you joy now, try to also bring like you're talking, bring it into your life, your everyday practice. It doesn't have to be so compartmentalized. Like, okay, now I do this thing I love and it has nothing to do with anything else I do in my life. Well, actually, why shouldn't you make that thing you love? Like, color everything in your life you know so and I think about that book what is it the artist's path artist's artist way the artist's way mm-hmm. yeah and that's basically like you know it's been around for a long time and it's basically saying like anyone can be an artist it's how you devote yourself to the process of creation in your life which is 100% everything you're talking about this month with the sacred devotee you know so it's it's I really think so many people could just, like, if they just did a little bit of it, sprinkled it in, it it would just kind of change their whole lives, you know? Um, I feel about this
0: with magic, too. This idea that people just want their magic or their witchcraft to be, like, these (laughs) moments of lightning and these huge spells. And, you know, we spoke about this. With Ruby, who was a past guest on the on the right. podcast at our last instructor meeting, and Ruby loves devotion. Um, She's very devotional with her spiritual practice, and she had brought up how she really loved that this theme was going to be coming up not just around dance, but around our yeah. magic because so many people, because she'll work a spell that one, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, she is so she committed. Does, to it, magic. Does it does it. Yes. Yeah so so devoted and so many people just like give me the candle let me light it where's my result mm. and it's like but where is your devotional practice to your ancestors to mm. like your daily energy to your consciousness um practices to just like you're learning the craft like it's not just the spell it's the lifestyle that goes around it that makes you a devotee mm. um as a witch. And I think that, again, I was thinking consumerism, it's something that's missed. Let me get the t-shirt. Let me get the spell kit. Yeah. Let's fucking do this. That's I, the thing I, now,
1: I'm good. Done. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh. Well, and back to kind of like, you know, you were talking about like you rewrite, you write, you rewrite or so much you, you is internal, you know, it, oh God, there's so much I want to say. I don't yeah. even know how to focus my brain, you know? Yeah. it it becomes, oh my gosh, I don't know. If you know. don't
0: see it as a sacred yeah. devotion, it that's will break right. you and it will make you angry and it will make you depressed and you will give up.
1: Yes. And, it's, and then and you'll feel like, true. well, why should I even bother? And and I've been there, right? I didn't dance for 15 years, right? Because I sort of was like, ugh, you know. It's so yeah. Just keep going. That's all I can really say is you if just it have to keep soul, going. You know, and notice I, that yeah. <laughs> is it?
0: Is it? Is this something that you that. Y- why did you I think this is a good question why mm. did you start this to begin with oh and that's a really good reassessment of mm. because speaking in your field people will be right. I'm going to do this show I'm going to do this show I'm, this mm-hmm. show and then they're exhausted and auction actually there's a the glitter so crash is
1: real yeah a glitter, mm. cash, yeah, the glitter the, crash yeah you know real. And
0: they're spread so thin that they actually don't get to devote themselves to any one thing. So it Mm -hmm. just feels like a hustle instead of a devotion. And you have to go back and remind yourself, why do I, why did I originally do this? Yes, And and where does my, where, where does my soul crave to exist within this? What, what brings me joy, but it's almost beyond joy what brings me spiritual choice. expansion very
1: scary sometimes mm-hmm. like oh i have to i i actually do then have to do this thing i really love and not just think about it anymore and you know i really try to constantly remind myself there's plenty you know it's enough yes. every it's an it's because you it's so easy to go well you know i'll just do it a little bit or if i do you know And you just have to remind yourself, there's plenty for everyone and it's out there just waiting for you to kind of grab it and find it. And whenever you make the choice to start is perfect. And I have really worked hard to not beat myself up. Oh, I should have done it then, or I should have done it then, or I'm doing it now. And that's when it's important because I'm doing it right. The fact that I'm doing it. If you're doing it to be
0: number one. Are you really doing it for the right purpose? And it doesn't mean that we don't like to be acknowledged. Hello, I'm like highly competitive. So let's keep it real. But like, if you're doing it to be, I'm not going to play you know, from a sports Mm -hmm. perspective, that takes devotion. Um, If you are only going to play basketball, if you are going to be the number one draft pick or whatever, I guess that's how they do it. But like, (laughs) how can you ever know that? you know? And so you have to just know you may never be the best and people may never know you exist. And, and if you still, you should still want to do it for the devotion of it
1: or for the love of it. Yeah, exactly. Not Not because your parents are forcing you, right? right. You know, the cliche, right? Like stage mom or whatever, you know, like, yeah. If it's something that you actually love, like what even small steps, I mean, basically I Googled, studios like S Factor in Austin, right? And I found Uh, you. Is
0: that how you did that? Oh, I found
1: you. And then it started this journey that I'm on. And I could have never anticipated that that Google search result, you had only been open like six months or something like that, you know, would have put me now here, popping my cherry on a podcast, you know, (laughs) talking about, talking about Um... how it's just, you know, changed my life. And And it can change yours too, not to be like a salesman, you know, but (laughs) really, if you just show up for yourself, even just five minutes a day doing something, it will just start to create a a snowball effect, you know?
0: It's okay that if it is a small devotion. Totally. To me, I really think what's been clicking so far this month is this idea that it's okay that it's. The the progress can be slow and the progress Mm. doesn't need to be linear and there could be backpedals, but there's something about the devotion in and of itself and showing up and doing the thing that is really the gift in it all.
1: Yes, yes. There's no better. You just said it perfectly. I mean, it is. It is a gift for yourself, an investment in yourself if you're not like... You know, if you need, if you need words to kind of make it feel, yeah. it, it is really, truly an investment in yourself and kind of your life and your joy. And,
0: and when you can't think of what would I be doing instead? Right. When you can't picture your like, I always think that what mm. would I be doing instead? if the alternative is sitting on the couch and watching more TV, like that's fucked up, you know, I'm always on my high horse on that. But like, is it, I'm a big TV
1: watcher, but also I schedule time for TV. I know that I schedule it. I'm like, tonight is a TV night, you know, you you
0: said you were a scheduler, (laughs) but you know what I mean? If it's like, what is, what is it? Is it because there's something else you would like to sacredly devote Mm. yourself to? That's wonderful. But I think we all need some kind of sacred devotion in our life that, and, and, you know, I think a lot of people, we, they put it to their job, you know, and then they're giving, I would work more and all that. And I'm not saying you can't be sacredly devoted energetically to your job. And I'm not saying that people I I'm sacredly devoted to my job. Um, but that doesn't have to be it. We forget as adults that we can have hobbies, that we can have passions. Like, you know, where I have not been, which I feel like this is a sacred devotion is the, um, cathedral of junk I would love to go to because that is that is sacred devotion if anyone's in Austin I'm sure many people have been but the idea of um I used to live in Baltimore and there's a museum there called um the uh, visionary art museum and it's Hmm. all art by untrained artists and the level of oh my goodness, it's like the output and the detail and the almost like obsession. But, you know, I won't I won't get too much. This is not, you know, super about art specifically in terms of the art world. But when I I was really that came to mind when I was putting together the workbook for the multiverse and everything, this idea of like there were these people who lived in complete anonymity their whole life. Um, There's a man named Henry Darger. Most artists.
1: Most I mean, let's get real,
0: Yeah, you know, who like, yeah, there was this artist, Henry Darger and he was a, in Chicago and he was a janitor and he basically lived alone and just, you know, did his thing his whole life. When he passed, he had no family and they found the most extreme volume of art um, that you could imagine that was on display at this museum. And I thought things like that, that sacred devotion, things that like, I do this for the for to feed my soul, not because I want to be in a yes. museum, and it's not wrong to want to be in a museum. However, the, the journey to get to be in a museum is so savage and brutal that, like, you have to be okay with that maybe not happening, yeah. and still could. And can you still commit yourself to it? Because, like you said,
1: the process is the purpose, right? You made Oof. me think just now of like Van Gogh probably mm-hmm. one of the most famous artists in the world it no wasn't even fame done. whatsoever at all in his lifetime Poor, classic tortured artists right yeah. but the amount of art he just produced was just insane he just constantly output it not everyone can be Stephen King love you Stephen King right love insane, you Stephen. insane amount of output and he's also achieved success with it right that is not common so yeah it's are you outputting just because you enjoy it, right? There's tons of writers that are out there writing just because they like to write. And and that is something else you were saying that made me kind of think about this devotee kind of motif is it really is about the internal practice. I know we've probably said that, but just to like hit it home, it's it's not necessarily about the external even practice or the product even. It's, it's about... I'm doing this because I want to, right? And something you said earlier about um, people's jobs, right? You know, people think that that's like what they should. You know, it, those external forces are a facet of yourself, but I was just to say that's
0: one facet what, of our life,
1: not what lights you up, right? And trying to find that thing that then goes, okay. This is really what lights me up in life. Maybe you like to barbecue. I don't know, you know, like yes. and then you go deep into how to smoke meats, you know, who knows? You know, like if whatever that is, find it. And then it will bring so much more richness to like maybe your shitty day job you don't like going to every day. But you know, okay, well if I go to that job, it's gonna provide me the funds to then buy that whatever piece of meat. So I can smoke the fancy brisket, you know, like, or whatever, like, so And how can uh, you find
0: that devotion within that, within the work itself? Like, Oh, mm -hmm. I hate going to this job, but can you switch it to be like, Mm -hmm. I am devoted to showing up for our customers today in a way that makes them feel really seen and held because that actually feels really good to me as a human. And I think if we can switch our minds around Mm -hmm. things that maybe feel, um, don't maybe feel that way initially, that feel more obligatory. And then all of a sudden you're like, I am devoted to making this the best day for this client that I have to deal with. And then all of a sudden you show up in different energy.
1: I just want to give snaps to that because I saw this therapist. uh, God, I can't remember her name now. She was on a podcast and she was talking about how toxic, toxic it is in America. I don't want to go too political or whatever, but to... Feel like you have to love your job right and your job right. is like your life and like right. no you don't have to love your job maybe you're just a server and you just show up and you get your tips and that's you're fine and you have your life right this idea that you are defined by these external things is this kind of like fallacy we've all kind of been tricked into and we're it's you know, disappointing when that doesn't we happen and you feel apart, like a failure to, right right we're breaking apart and you're the not. Like toxic masculine you know, the whole point of the dark goddess is to like, you know, bring out this sensual sorcery and everything and kind of say, no, this is how I wanted to find the world. And yeah, there's those systems that exist, but I don't, I can work within them to change them. I don't have to work with them, whatever, you know, however you want to come to it as your practice. But it was just, you're really reminding me with this, with this month of, I just thought of that because it's like, yeah, you don't have to if you find that thing you love, then maybe if you don't like your job, it doesn't become so heavy on your life mm-hmm. because you have found these other things that bring you passion, and maybe you eventually choose to get another job or you stay in that job for whatever reason. But you find the flame. The flame. i doing this a lot. The flame within you. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's gonna give you that that craft to devote your life to right that practice to devote your life to and then those other things you notice kind of they're part of you but not and you learn how to see
0: them differently Mm -hmm. when you learn sacred devotion you Mm -hmm. can apply that to other areas in your life 100% and you know we I've mentioned this before but this idea of I'm always really wary at the studio I understand we are people's hobby So, I always want to try to support people to say, hey, don't you have a job,
1: a family?
0: Don't you have these like obligations that you have to show up for Mm -hmm. that are like obligatory and that you perhaps add a lot of stress to your life? Wouldn't it be nice to choose to view your hobby in a way that fills you up energetically instead of puts more pressure or more stress on your life? People can't conceive it. We live in such a hustle, um, achievement-based society that people can't have hobbies that feel good. They don't feel yeah. like there's value in it. They don't feel or like there's value in something, right? Yeah, you know,
1: like, oh, can you, you know. just
0: show up for the sake of feeling embodied sensuous pleasure in yeah. your body? And that's your devotional practice to yourself and filling yourself energetically and feeling like this was not a success unless I was run ragged and exhausted and did, 10 pounds heavier than I did last time you know what I mean yeah can you can you find those things and keep them can you keep them sacred yes instead of having to turn it into like a mundane obligation as or so many other store. things in this world right, or something
1: <laughs> you know like it doesn't have to give you a result you right. know and I think this goes back to like you were talking like just signing up for class just signing mm-hmm. up and showing up showing up, up and expecting no result. Maybe yeah. it, maybe it's a challenge if you are listening and you are a results-based kind of dancer, which is fine, but maybe challenge yourself to come to class and not have any expectations of what happens, what you're going to do. Maybe try not to think about, I want to do this move in my freestyle or whatever, and just try to come and see what happens and I always tell people in House of Venus, you know, before the orgy starts, like, this is your place to be weird. That's Tara- a dance
0: orgy in case anyone's worried. <laughs> dance We're not having orgy. sex orgies <laughs> in the studio.
1: Because uh, Tara... The, you- <laughs> the police after us. Slow. No, no. Dance. Dance. Because um, Tara... It's what we to- call our freestyle yeah. dance. We yeah. call our freestyle dance, yes. The freestyle orgy. Because Tara used to say it. And when I took over House of Venus, I was like, I want to continue to say this is that if you haven't done something weird have you come to yeah. class you know have you have you participated yes. in the freestyle orgy you know so and i know jojo will, and yeah you know, we'll make it weird you know too. yeah jojo stresses yeah. that too have, yeah
0: she teaches a class called um uh, archetypal alchemy, which mm-hmm. is all about that, which is all mm-hmm. about just coming and expressing and allowing yourself to get a little weird. And as a great mm-hmm. space holder, again, with this idea, can you just allow yourself to not have to do things perfect? Can you allow yeah. yourself to
1: express for the sake of expression? I love there's, that you remind people of that. Yeah. And there's like a childlike joy to it, you know, mm-hmm. and if you can kind of tap into that's something I've been sort of practicing lately for myself. Like who was I before all the shit happened to me, right? Mm. What did I like to do? Well, I like to draw. I like to dance. I hung out in my backyard. I sang a lot. I pretty much sang all the time as a child, probably very annoyingly for my parents, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, and what are those things? Like, so maybe think back to like, yeah, what did you... Did you like to build with Legos? Well, maybe go buy a Lego kit for yourself. You know, it doesn't have to be a big thing or you have to be in the perfect state or whatever, you know, just sort of think back to what used to light you up before adulting happens, right can i tell you a a
0: funny story because i did something where i had to ask my mom uh this was years ago i did a program and you had to ask your parents like what did you like to do and my mom goes oh you didn't really like tv you didn't really play with dolls you really just like to change your outfit and clean your room (laughs) love it
1: Love and it. I was like okay so yeah, Virgo was of you. we're in such Virgo season right now that's so- I
0: know I know <laughs> I was like that is very much me thank you for ignoring. and you know having yeah. never wanted to be like have children or you know th- things like that like it like ooh, that was that was authentically me she's like you never played with toys you wanted to mm-hmm. you know do these other active things were just so funny anyway um no i think that's
1: true and i think that if you're <laughs> and like I kind love of,
0: decorating and i love yeah
1: and if you're struggling a with your the theme this month maybe that's a way for you to kind of tap into yeah. Well, what is my sacred devotion well what did i like to do yeah i like to decorate as a kid i had barbies but really i was making them houses and clothes i yeah. they had i had all, entire winter clothing line summer barbie clothing line Ken <laughs> had clothes i mean skipper had clothes i wasn't you know of course i was doing kissy kiss with the barbie too who did it ah. but really i was making clothes and now as an adult like that's what i like to costume. you yeah. you know that was the electives i took in college when that was i had time to do that like i took at least two years solid of costuming classes and you know so in addition to my ceramics work so uh, and it's something i do on the side as well and so it's like what is that thing what yeah what did you do if you're having trouble tapping into the idea of like a devoted practice or it's like, oh, I don't want to schedule, I don't want to be regimented or whatever. Well just think about what did you what did you what did you play? What was your play as a kid? And how can I incorporate that right now in my present day? And if I do that regularly, could my play become my spiritual practice? You know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be dance related, right? I know we're talking to that community, but it could really be whatever you want it to be, you know, so
0: Yes. It's great advice. I think that's kind of great advice to um, kind of wrap up our interviewing with. I think we gave people You're a lot. blast.
1: my god! I know. Well,
0: we don't. You haven't You haven't finished yet. You still have know, your wrap up questions. But I really. Um, I think you know it was re- this was really great because hopefully people didn't find this as harsh or judgmental. They mm-hmm. found it as really food for thought. And if anything did come up where people were like taking it personally, like it was never our intention. It was no. more just like open your minds, open your have minds. I've been there for too. I mean, we've all
1: been there. We've all felt the feelings that might have been you know, brought up yeah. for you today. Like we're all right. Healing, right? speaking
0: to, yeah, totally speaking from experience and I'm trying to tap into the energy, the archetype to its highest potential. And how can we pull that out within ourselves? And I always say these archetypes serve me so, so much just as much as our students and, and everyone else in our community. And I take them very seriously because I know that I need them just as much as everyone else. And, and absolutely. I need this reminder of, um, of not of patience and cultivation and and soul fulfilling um p- pursuits uh for the sake of the the action not the result you know so yeah and
1: i want to give you props cuz i've seen you hone your devotion like having come to the studio since 2018 which is wild to think about yeah. i've seen you refine it, refine it and edit and just hone. And like the archetypes used to not be a thing, right? Like there was nothing like that. There was no multiverse, right? Before, you know, you quickly pivoted in 2020 and stuff. And so like, it's, you've just really brought that practice, not only to like your life, but the studio. And I just want to give you props for that too, because I, I could see where you would get, cause it, yeah, it helps you focus your focus for the studio to have a focused archetype. I just said focus a lot, uh, but <laughs> you know, and I, I, I think it's, it's exciting for me and to you see don't... that it's helped yeah. you and your practice too, as Absolutely. well as like, just be a benefit in general. And people have really, I think, flourished having kind of something to think about each month so I just want to give you props for that devotion oh
0: thank you yeah if you're not devoted um that you get you you would close down pretty quick to be like if it's just a money grab or it's just I want to be you know I guess you would see this with influencers or people I want to be Instagram famous or TikTok famous Mm -hmm. or whatever and it's like you know you're missing the whole point so yeah yeah
1: um, and those people honestly they got influencer status probably didn't set out to become influencers right. you know they were just doing something that brought them joy and then it caught on right you know if you're trying to follow the trend it's it's harder to to catch up and if you're you know rather than just doing what you want authenticity
0: baby authenticity <laughs> you know we love that word all right. Well, let's move into our questions that we ask all of our guests. Mm. So the first one is, what is your personal mantra or mm. source of daily inspiration?
1: I really thought about this because I I like to generally have like a yearly kind of mantra that I kind of set at the beginning of each, you know, new year. And this year it's been just do it, just say yes, just, just try do it. because so much of my own personal whatever is you know, like, oh, it's I have to have all these ducks in a row before this thing can happen, and it's like, no, just be messy and just do it, right, and so something I just say kind of daily to myself whenever I'm frustrated or whatever is like just 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 keep going, just keep going, just do it, it's worth it, just do it, you know, and I know it's a little like. Nike-ish I didn't realize how much it was but you know in previous years it's been you know keep things in perspective right like because I had you know whatever and I just like whatever but so but this year it's like just try just say yes and just keep yourself open you know and so that's something I try to daily remind myself like okay what what are you doing today have you said have you challenged yourself a little bit you know so yeah
0: Beautiful. Very powerful. I love it. All right. What is your favorite sensuous indulgence?
1: Mm, I was really thinking, I think I'm just going to be basic and say chocolate.
0: <laughs> I was thinking chocolate. That's so funny.
1: Because Even psychically no.
0: communicating this whole time, by the way, because I was like, mm, chocolate. Yeah.
1: Because I am like a sensualist. I'm Italian, as I stated earlier. So everything. I love food. I love I, I love. Just, I am a big touch person, but really like if I want to feel indulgent, I usually get something chocolatey, like whether it's cake or just a chocolate bar or something. Um, And that always feels like just a nice little, little treat for myself. So,
0: Love it. Great answer. And then finally, what does living fully in your power as a witch look like to you?
1: Well, we touched on it a lot, but I think for me and what has the studio has really helped me is like staying centered in the chaos. Like honestly, Mm. because being an empath my whole life uh, and just not knowing how to ground prior to like really getting into the studio, you know, really I started tapping like two years before the studio and that was kind of my first like introduction into sort of like, I need to get grounded but recognizing that shit happens (laughs) and really I can't control anyone but myself I know it seems basic but I have to constantly remind myself of that and when shit happens I just have to be like well how are we going to handle it and what are we just gonna keep doing that fulfills myself and gives me happiness and And so really just trying to stay centered in the chaos. And also I find a lot of beauty kind of in the chaos because the universe always, I'm really big into quantum physics and it seems chaotic, but there's patterns everywhere. And you know, the black hole, just the way every, all the quantum mechanics work. And so that gives me a lot of, centering. I I like to go outside and look at the moon and it just kind of like, ah, you know, there's chaos, but I could handle it. So that's, that's really kind of how I really learned to embody that through learning the language and the terms and the tools through the studio and everything. Just staying centered as much as I can and acknowledging that shit happens. (laughs) I love
0: you know. it. We <laughs> talked about this with our archetype the energist, be the energy mm. that controls the energy. Yes. So, yes. that's awesome. Yes. yes. I love it. Well, Laurel, AKA Ooh La La. I just hope you know how grateful I am that the universe, in all of its quantum amazingness, brought us together. Thank you. And I love you. Thank you for all the creativity you bring to the world, all the empowerment you bring to our witches, and all the joy you bring to my life. I love you so much.
1: Love you. Tears. Lover ah. of tears. It's okay to cry, people. It's okay to cry. <laughs> I love you so much. Thank
0: you. <laughs> Thank you for joining me for the Minx and Muse podcast. You can find show notes and learn more about the studio at www.minxandmuse.com. As a reminder, it is our birthright to transform expand and safely exist as sensual, conscious, and empowered creatures.
1: I'll see you next time.